I'm Rosie, and you're listening to Taste Vampire, a podcast where I interview people who are cooler than me about the art that they make and the art that inspires them, and then I reduce it to a digestible little package and put it up on the internet for all of you good people. Um, Before we get into it, I'd like to, of course, apologize for this approximately month-long hiatus that I've taken from doing the podcast. I moved. My new house is awesome. I'm recording this from my home office. Um, the intro, I did the interview over at the Time Cube. Um, and I, yeah, if you want to know what I've been doing with myself, I turned 27. It became 2016. I've watched a ton of content on the WWE Network and have been, you know, getting drunk and getting getting my new house in order um so apologies for that but i am back um and this week's interview is with lip service um they're a pretty great band and i thought this interview is pretty pretty great first one back so without further ado let's get into it but i'll start it now so you guys should like introduce yourselves and then I'll get into my questions. All right. Oh, and like say what you, you do in the band, I guess. Name, age, instrument. Right, 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 right. Do we have Location, to say our age? <laughs> um, no, you don't have to say your age. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. I'm Matt. I play guitar and sing. And that's it. That's all I do in the band. I'm Pat, and I play bass in the band, and we're lip service. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Alan, and I play drums and sing in lip service. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, So, you guys uh, probably have not listened extensively to the podcast, but basically the general idea is I'm going to ask you guys about the music that you listened to that's embarrassing when you were a kid and then we'll sort of work our way up till now um but so <laughs> when you guys were uh what what was like the first sort of band that you remember liking like did your guys parents listen to music and was it that or like uh you know wh- whatever the first sort of <laughs> band you remember being into was uh I listened to a lot of really shitty music. Um, That's what I want. Growing up. Yeah, I really uh, liked Blink-182 a lot. Yeah. And, uh, like, that kind of... I liked AFI a lot, too, when I was in, like, 8th grade. I guess AFI is somewhat acceptable. I think Blink-182 is more acceptable than <laughs> AFI. Like, I remember I liking both of them, too. <laughs> I mean, I still like Blink-182, but I don't think I could still listen to AFI. Also, you guys should say for your defense that you're from Binghamton, so... <laughs> you know? All right, fair enough. Let's just preface that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the last times I was there, we were blasting... Uh, uh, Chocolate starfish in a hot dog flavored water. So. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, was, not that really. Was, that ironically, was my, that was definitely either, part of either. my growing up experience. Yeah. I had a couple friends that were really proud of uh, that being their CD that their parents bought them with swears on it. Oh, yeah. Bad, bad, 
Um, I can go. Yeah, I uh, I had a pretty musical like family life. Um, pretty young. My dad is a big jazz guy. He likes a lot of a lot of mainstream jazz. Miles Davis, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, all the big stuff like that. But we also had like Beatles tapes floating around. I had a older brother that was in a classic rock and so he Steve Miller band and all that stuff and that was like really young you know like uh you know first second grade even younger um in the car and all that kind of stuff and then uh my first concert when I first started getting into music myself it was like when No Doubt came, was big, and then Smashing Pumpkins, which my first show, I can still proudly say, was Smashing Pumpkins on the Melancholy Tour. Nice. That's um, pretty cool. So that was pretty cool. How and then, old were you? <laughs> uh, I was probably... I was probably 10 or 11. No, probably 10. Um, Did your parents take you? We went with a parent, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. my parents were never the ones to take us, but we had a crew that we... We saw 311 that year. We saw, <laughs> nice. uh, who else was the other one that we saw that was really funny? Where's, you, you grew up here? I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Um, very small town with absolutely nothing to do but skateboard and, like, mess around in the woods and ride BMX bikes. And, and then in middle school, I started a ska band because I got really into ska. And that was a thing. Oh, and then, yeah, that was a thing. But it was really annoying trying to get, like, eight hyperactive kids chugging Mountain Dew and eating cinnamon buns and to try to get them, like, to practice for more than ten minutes at a time. They just wanted to play video games and mess around on my skateboard. And then got into punk rock around the same time, and my next band was a punk rock band. Yeah, so my parents were both very into uh, classic rock and all that. My dad loves Neil Young and the band and the Grateful Dead, which yeah, my I... my dad, too. <laughs> Neil Young was probably what I liked the most, but definitely a lot of that, you know... The older I get, the more I appreciate that that was such a big part of my childhood. Probably the first like, musician that I really kind of, like, could say that I knew I liked was James Taylor, which my parents love James Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Mine did, too. Yeah. Yeah. I still I like liked James it. Taylor. I liked it, too. Yeah. I can't really do it so much anymore. But. Yeah. Joni Mitchell, my mom listened to and still listens to a lot of Joni Mitchell. Um, my first concert... Um, if we're going with the embarrassing thing now, summer of eighth grade. Yeah. So summer of eighth grade went to Warp Tour and saw, speaking of ska, saw the Toasters, which was actually pretty tight. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that skateboarder Mike Vallely. That was like really popular. Oh, yeah. Um, saw his band, Mike V and the Rats. Oh, wow. That yeah. I thought he was. He's the Black Flag now. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like oh, the, I actually the, knew that. The Greg Gaines version. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought that was so cool at the time because it was like, do people fucking like skateboarding? Like, there's people from like Element here, like skateboarding. And, like, Mike <laughs> V's band is playing. And like, but it was horrible. If I went and listened to that now, it would be 
really, really cringe worthy. Um, it's called the Unseen. That Unseen was a band. Was sick, yeah. yeah, that was a band was that sick. I really liked a lot. I, I really band. liked uh, the Exploited <laughs> a lot. I really liked uh, the Addicts and Lower Class Brats and all that really hammy. That's, stuff. It's like better than your average mall punk, though. Yeah, I would say. yeah, yeah. It's like definitely. Yeah, right. it's like a couple steps above, but it's still kind of treading in the same waters. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Went to our compilation CDs. Oh, yeah, teaching you about. Um, <laughs> oh, saw so, uh, uh, Rama was yeah. Punkarama. Punkarama rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all grew up on that. I threw a bag of Fritos. This is a cool thing that I did. My first act of rebellion against. Uh, <laughs> popular music culture i uh threw a bag of fritos at that girl Haley williams i think that's her name from paramore oh, yeah. <laughs> I hit her with a bag of cheetos or nice. fritos which was did you get the bag of cheetos that's punk Where, was it open or no yeah i opened it and then threw it so like the chips would go everywhere oh, oh yeah nice. very punks of you how old were you when you so when you assaulted eighth grade, <laughs> yeah, when I assaulted Haley Williams, <laughs> that, that is not funny. <laughs> um, Just give me the title of the episode. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. Strike that from the record. Gotta cut that part out. <laughs> um, I was probably what? How old is an eighth grader? Like uh, fourteen, thirteen, something yeah. like that. I was, I was a twelve or or thirteen. Something. It's probably like. I was probably 14, because it was like, I was almost in ninth grade. Yeah. So. That summer. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so Pat, like, you kind of touched on this, but I guess, like, when did you guys, like, learn how to play instruments or decide that, like, you know, you, you start trying to make music, and what were the first sort of incarnations of that? Uh, I, I got a guitar. Well, I'm not Pat, but... No, I mean... No, I said go ahead. like, yeah, Pat, no. just, Pat mentioned yeah. some of the first bands that he <laughs> um, I got a guitar for Christmas in 8th grade, or I think 8th grade, yeah. And I had some friends um, who also, like, got, like, music shit for Christmas that year. So we tried to start a band, and, um... What was the band called? Ah, uh, fuck, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what that band... If it had a name ever... But basically, like, so our drummer, Steve, he was, like, my best friend in high school. His dad was a, he's a great musician. He's a great blues musician. Um, but he had this huge studio in his garage, and we would record our, like, jams. And we wrote a few songs and stuff, um, but we would record, like, our jams on cassette and um, Huff Duster and have fun. We had, like, eighth grade, ninth grade. That was funny. Um, but I don't know what it was called, but it was... It was pretty bad. We covered uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Sure did. Cool. <laughs> and I think we tried to do like a couple ACDC songs. I think we tried to do uh, Back in Black. <laughs> Sick. Which is, you know. You were just playing that riff before. Literally just played that riff yeah, an the, hour ago. <laughs> I mean, those ACDC riffs are like not that easy to play. That's like pretty cool in these grade, you know. No, yeah, it was, a, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, yeah. Guitar Hero IRL. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For me, I people always my my dad played music when he was younger, and then he would play a little bit when when I was like really young, but not much. Um, 
Well, we actually had a piano in the house for a while, and he would play that on occasion. But I, it was like probably fourth grade that I got into like the band in school to do to play drums, and I really wanted to play drums, and I just kept asking for drums, and I, I finally got like a really cheap drum set. Um, probably like fifth, sixth grade, probably fifth, something like that, and um, and then at the same time I would pick up a guitar that my dad had in the house and he showed me my the first couple little things that I learned and I then I kind of just figured stuff out on my own and then we also had this guitar club at in middle school that I did like all the cool kids like all the like you know long hairs the goth kids and the fucking like skater kids and they, they didn't even know they didn't even most of them didn't even give a shit about playing guitar they just wanted to hang out with the other like fucking whatever kid weirdos after school so like we always always go to that and like learn do 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 like learn nirvana and marilyn manson or like smoke on the water like all the most basic stuff and it wasn't even like it was just the kids that actually knew what they were doing, like we us trying to get them get them to show us like what they knew. The the guy that the guy just that was running it just like sat in the back the whole time and didn't even pay attention. Um, <laughs> and then I started my first band in sixth grade. So well, this is the ska band. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the ska band called? Oh, God. We were called the Smooth Guys. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's At least I was really thinking that you were gonna have like ska. Oh, in the name. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty shocked when that, uh, smooth, the smooth ska boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, it was definitely, um, like knowing that I wanted to play music and drums was, uh, my dad had Song Remains the Same, that Led Zeppelin video. And mm-hmm. when I was really young, we used to watch it all the time. And, that was definitely like it, like fucking Zeppelin, like Bonham, like yeah. I want to fucking play drums. For like sure. there's no nice. doubt in my mind. And then, <laughs> so I just waited and waited until, cause we could join band in fifth grade. So I just pretty much was like, now I just have to wait it out until I'm in fifth grade and I can join percussion and be in band. That was and I just thing. knew that I wanted to do that. And when you signed up for band, I don't know if this was what it was like with you guys. I had a pretty small school, but it was, um, you had to write down three instruments, and it was your top three choices. And it was like, uh, I did drum, I obviously, percussion was first, yeah. and I didn't write anything else, and they told me that I had to. So I did trumpet, and then saxophone. And they ended up making me play trumpet and I played I played trumpet no I never played trumpet because I I so I have asthma and like it's not really bad anymore but when I was in fifth grade like it was definitely pretty bad so I got a doctor's note from my doctor saying that because of my asthma I couldn't do the like like whatever I couldn't like sustain it so I had to play drums because I couldn't play a wind instrument, so and then I did, and That's yeah, like, it was amazing. Door to the drum world, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> my first band was with my friends. They were like my two like kind of first like best friends, Dave and Andy, and we 
loved like eighties metal, and we loved oh, Ozzy and Kiss, Judas Priest, and Lo- Judas Priest, <laughs> Iron Maiden, yeah. like uh, Dio. <laughs> Ton- we were listening to like tons of music and tons of like shit, like Wasp and like Rat and like really fucking like hammy bad stuff, but still. It was fine. And we had a band called Revenge. Nice. Where it was like, we would try and learn Iron Maiden songs, which we absolutely could not do. Fucking three seventh graders. (laughs) So they would pretty much just like make fun of me because I wasn't growing my hair out. And they were. And they used to like practice like the circle bang stuff. And I just would sit over there and... I really wanted a huge ass drum set. Like I wanted like a gigantic drum set. That's, That's where it sick. all started. Hell yeah. It's pretty sick. Revenge. Yeah, it's deep deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, so you guys are both from Bainton, um Matt and Alan, so did when did you guys meet each other like when you were teenagers or not until later on? Uh, I met Alan when we were going to college, at a community college. Okay, then we'll then we'll get to that. Let's keep it chronological. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like high school though. Yeah. Okay. So like when you guys w- were in high school, did you did you keep playing music? Were you pretty much playing music throughout? Like what sort of like all of you are from like tiny towns? Were you like going other places to go to shows? At that point, were there, like, scenes of some kind yeah. where you lived? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, weird ones. Yeah, um, was, dude, yeah, the Binghamton scene was, like, kind of cool. Yeah. It was well, it was funny. really, it was really funny. It was, I mean, in, like, 8th grade and, like, ninth grade, in ninth, old well, ninth and 10th grade, I, uh, I was dating this girl, and she was, like, cool and, like, knew about all the cool shit, you know? Vestal mm-hmm. Fire Hall? Yeah, yeah, there, and I used to see fucking, like, The Swinging Field, and fucking, uh, what was, uh, the band before Summer People? Uh. Oh, Fire When Ready? No, what no, the- not Fire, fire When Ready. Fire is something- Sorry, I said that. I know that's totally wrong. Um, <laughs> something- It was like Fire something? Nah. Something Fire? They had that song, hmm. uh, I don't Where in the World is- like Carmen Sandiego or something. It was like a weird, like, version of that. Like, just the lyrics. <laughs> what? Yeah. It was a sweet band. I forget what they were called. Wow. Out. But, yeah, we used to, I used to see them. What the hell was that band called? Uh, I don't know. It's going to fucking bother me. But It's not going to bother me. Uh, yeah, and then there was just, like, and there was also, like, in my high school, there was, like, some weird, like, fucking new metal shit going on, like, weird, freaky shit that kids were doing in high school. And I would go to the shows and, like, Dudes would, like, get so gothed out and, like, big black X's over their eyes and, like, fucking weird uh, stuff. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. Um, wasn't really, like, my thing. But, and then, like, pop punk was always, like, a thing back then, I feel like. Totally. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, the Wonder Years. People, like, fucking went ape shit for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about, like, even before that, though. Yeah, I mean, that was, well, I guess I was in, like, Eighth grade, or seventh Alan's grade. a lot younger than than. Well, Alan's Alan's two years younger than me, and I'm like I'm the youngest. five years older than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm twenty six. Oh, four. You're twenty three. Three. 
I'm 30. See, so the age thing age comes age. out. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't talk about this stuff without that element because That's true. it changed so much from year to year. Like, whatever was big, you know, like, Scott was big for like a year and a half, maybe two. And then pop punk took over or something, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, no. That chronology definitely is like super influential, but did you have more you wanted to say about Binghamton? Uh, yeah. So like when I was in high school, there was actually, I was going to like really big, like DIY shows that were happening at like the Vestal Fire Hall, which was like the place when I school. was. You go to school? Yeah. I was, but that was like when I knew better than yeah. to, you know, like when I got like a little bit older, like around like ninth, 10th grade, I totally was like, like, you know, there's like Waking the Cadaver would play mm-hmm. and like shit like that, you know, like was huge. People in just like totally fucking skin tight pants, like straightening their hair, like mm-hmm. looking like complete fools you know wearing like gigantic like shoes with like leopard print on them and just like really ridiculous clothing and everybody looked like that basketball shorts everywhere and so there was tough guy it was was a lot of tough guy shit i played in like a uh like a beat down band called velociraptor when i was in eighth grade and like we would play shows like that and then i was in another I can't remember my other high school band, but we would play shows as well and like play all those shows. And that was like my first like taste of like playing like an actually like big show. It was a horrible show, but there was a fucking ton of people there. All the bands were horrible. (laughs) Every single band that I ever saw there was like retrospectively now so bad, but... As a seventh grader, you know, you just kind of, like, appreciate that in, like, eighth grade, like, that you can, like, be there, you know? Oh, it's better than... Yeah, yeah for sure. Better than, like, playing soccer or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. Connecticut was... You had to drive to do anything, like, at least a half an hour, generally. Maybe 25 minutes. There was a, It wasn't until I went to high school and, and like, the this guy that I ended up playing drums with for years... Uh, Sean, I met him at the very beginning of freshman year, and he had older brother, an older brother that had just graduated the year before, so he was, you know, eighteen or whatever. And they had bands, and they really knew what was up. Like they knew about Sonic Youth, they knew about like Lightning Bolt even back then, like because they were in college and shit. So we, we were listening to Pavement, we were listening to Botch, we were listening to uh, Isis when that happened, um, and like all the like math rock stuff, Don Caballero, like there was there wasn't as much like street punk and that kind of punk that happened around me as much because like I met him and then there was this record store called Brass City Records in Waterbury that recently closed and the the owner for of for he had it since like the the sixties or something. He just recently died and it was really sad. It was a major hit to the Connecticut music scene. Um but he that was the place for that scene. Um, back when I, when I, the very beginning of high school, and that's why I, I just met all this, all these people. But there was also like people. Were, I kind of figured out quick that I was really into like the weirder kind of music, free jazz, like Zappa. Like we kind of we were into that stuff. We were into singer songwriter stuff. We were into like heavy stuff, like punk, like heavier punk stuff. But it wasn't as the, the only 
like hardcore was tough guy shit and I hated that that was like the big thing yeah until bands like Page 99 Majority Rule like the more like screamo kind of stuff came out and that was that was pretty cool with me but um, that was the hub. Like I, I booked my very first show. Actually, you know what? I was also really into like the the um, Planet X stuff, and oh, we have that yeah. band, like the Bananas and Operation Cliff Clave, and and oh, yeah, yeah, I, I have a Bananas shit. tattoo. Yeah, yeah, and those are great bands. That was something that I have always liked a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and so my first, I booked my first show was the Operation Cliff Clavin like first reunion tour in Whoa, like ninth grade. Because cool. in middle school I got into them. I forgot to say that I got into all that punk. So, and then I just played in bands continuously throughout. We actually had a we when in ninth grade when we started the band after the ska band we asked this guy that was the only reason we asked him to be in the band was because he was like older and he had a car like he was the same as as old as like sean's brother our drummer so like we could play shows because he had a car but yeah we would go we would like go out of town and play but it was like two other small towns like we would go to like montrose and um i can't even like we would go to scranton and we would go to uh what the fuck is that other place that's close to scranton i don't know wilkes-barre uh, yeah, yeah we would go to wilkes-barre kind of consider it the same place yeah but yeah <laughs> a lot of scranton people in philly now yeah yeah lots of but we just you know like anywhere within like a two-hour like radius that was also like small and weird and like yeah you know, would have to like be back by like eleven because it's like <laughs> gotta like. And the people in the band were a lot older than me, so I was like the fucking like kid that had to like be home. Yeah. You know, and like they were all like smoking weed and shit, and it's just like I have to like. Yeah. I'm still a little little kid. You know? <laughs> I know.
I guess now you can talk about how you guys met each other. Um, okay, I guess I'll continue. Uh, I met Al at school, like, smoking cigarettes in a pavilion thing, like, talking about the government, like, with the conspiracy theories and <laughs> shit, and, like, just going down the, the fucking, the hole with that for a while, and then, um, we, uh, both, like, kind of, like, became friends when, um, we were both living on Walnut Street in Binghamton, and I was living at 112, and he was living at 16, and we would all party together all the time and have shows at each other's houses, and then we just became homies, and then, um, I moved to Philly, I guess, like, three years after we started hanging out, being friends, and then Al followed me down eventually, and now... Yeah. Do you have anything to contribute to the Walnut Street or whatever? Oh, definitely. We have, there's so much to yeah. say. Yeah. We've gone forever. Yeah. There was those houses. the craziest place, man. Yeah, it so really is the weirdest place. There was a pretty good era. I mean, like... Talk about 112 from your perspective. So 112 was, like, <laughs> where all my friends, it would either be at 16 Walnut or 112. We would just, and fucking party so insanely hard. And 112 was where we would go to spray paint inside, skateboard inside on the fucking quarter pipe in the dining room, um, <laughs> burn shit, blow shit up in the backyard, stay up until like 7 o'clock in the morning, just like party as hard as we pretty much humanly could. And just all the time. 16 people, we had 16 people living there. It was a five-bedroom house. Mm -hmm. And there was a similar thing at 16 <laughs> Walnut that happened after a while, too. Just It's like, oh, people have been living on the floor for mad long. I was living on the floor for yeah, mad dude, long. I, I lived in a pile, on a pile of dirty clothes mm -hmm. with Adam Cucci for like, for like three weeks, like five or six summers ago. Yeah. Wow. Longer than that, probably even, but... And it was fun. It was really fun. Because this, I just <laughs> fucking got out of high school. Started doing, probably started coming around to like 112, because like Brendan and like Roger and all them were like in the same weird metalcore crew. So I knew them all for a while from just our horrible bands would play together sometimes. They're... I can't call everybody's bands horrible because that's mean to say all my friends were in horrible bands, but, you know, obviously we've all progressed far past that point. And, uh, yeah, and it was fucking cool. It was really fun. We just partied and drank and had shows at 16 Walnut in the living room all the fucking time. All the time. And it was really fun. It was really fun. Fucking... I remember probably one of the first, like, really, like, cool shows there was uh, Dan set it up. Me and him were both, he was still a senior, I think, or maybe he was in 11th grade and I was a senior, but it was, like, Code Orange Kids and Colony. That was you remember that? And, show. like, so fucking <laughs> shit like that didn't happen in Binghamton, and it was in this fucking living room and it was crazy just people would go ape shit in this tiny little space people would just go completely fucking crazy and we would just party until we physically couldn't do it anymore 
That's and, what still happens when... Yeah, when and it's still there. exactly the same, <laughs> honestly. It just um, is different music. Everybody's like a little bit older and a little... Uh, a more versed. Yeah, a little um, uh, aware of themselves. Maybe, I don't know. Grown into their own weirdness a lot. Yeah, of yeah. A lot of, like, <laughs> shout out to Binghamton. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love Binghamton so much. They're some of the coolest 607, people. Uh, 607 Beatdown hard crew, Hardcore Dance Crew. Dance Crew. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. That. 607, they would fucking... Jesse was in that shit. They used to fucking roll up to shows with, like, baseball yeah. bats and shit. Dude, and Jesse... The fuck out of I would see dude. fucking Jesse Crazy at shows... Yeah. I would see Jesse at shows in high school just fucking sending people into the wall. Yeah. Just, like... Fucking people up. And, you know, for a long time... I mean, Jesse also at that time... Still significantly larger than me, but, like, when I had just hit puberty, like, this dude is four or five times the size of me, and yeah. I'm fucking very <laughs> intimidated by this guy. Yeah. Like, so but, you guys... just had a kid the other day. Woo! Jesse. Love you, Jesse. Love you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So, like, were you guys playing in bands with each other during this era, or not yet? No. No, I, I played in a like a pop punk band called a second try in high school and uh we did like a handful of shows and it was like we, none of us took it very seriously uh but yeah alan was doing he, we went to different high schools so yeah we were kind of like in different i'd like, be like i'd be like this like when you guys were all like living in these two houses no isn't this the I first band i didn't have, have a, played together i didn't have a band in... when that was going on uh i was just um professionally drinking yeah <laughs> i had a band i kind of always had bands going um i had a band called hold fast which was kind of my transition into uh better music and taking more music more seriously and not just being like a weird little kid but it still was like it was just like a, a couple steps above but still that and like that was really fun that didn't last super long and then i was in a band called bicycles with my friends adam and garrett that we were a band for a pretty long time in binghamton and yeah we would play shows a lot just always at 16 we played at 112 once and the fucking floor (laughs) two of the floor beams snapped in half <laughs> so while we were playing the floor like, just went oh. it like went down like two and a half feet oh my god it was it was really crazy yeah so johnny fucking duct taped it back together and then brendan like reinforced with like screws like into the duct tape and like that's how it stayed <laughs> to what we left yeah so and is <laughs> definitely still to this day like that because no one has moved in holy shit and we fucked that place up yeah there was really cool shit also you know a really awesome era bicycle scene yeah well that that was during no even like before that there was i started this was when i started going to like really good shows too like at um spool and at jarvis and blot spot at four edwards there was for a while, there was a couple really, Jarvis really. Was fucking sick. Jarvis was still to this day, 
The best, dude. Yeah, and like, Hold Fast played there, like a fucking completely ballistic show there. Like, still probably like on like the higher registers of like big shows that I've played. And like, and for Binghamton too, it was just like, this is fucking crazy that this is happening here. And there was like a tree inside that people would like climb on and shit. And like, it was fucking crazy. That place was gigantic. And that was around for a while. And then there was the fucking skate park, East Coast Terminal, which saw this bike is a pipe bomb there. Yeah. Saw Operation Cliff Clavin there. All, yeah, all those Planet X bands would play there. The yeah. Bananas played there. The Bananas played at Frank Martian's house back in the day. And all that dude's, like, Frank Martian's band, like, the Martians and, the like... and shit. Yeah, I, I loved all that shit. Yeah. And uh, that was all, like, super queers yeah. kind of. And, like, the queers played in Binghamton, too. And I didn't go to that because I wasn't old enough, but <laughs> it was still cool that it happened. Yeah. And that was a really fun time, and, like, yeah, it lasted a pretty good amount of time and when it ended I moved here <laughs> do you want to talk about what you were doing sort of in your early 20s yeah and I can bring it back around to like how I met these guys yeah. too cause uh so like after high school I was playing in bands the whole time and had started a band towards the end of high school that I continued to play with when I went into college at SUNY Purchase uh which is like an hour away from where I grew up and played with that band and jammed with people at school and um, eventually joined this band that within months of me joining the band, there was like a record a record deal that they got from this label called Eyeball Records, which was famous for My Chemical Romance. And uh, <laughs> Thursday, they put out the first Thursday, the first My Chemical Romance records. Those were their big name, claims to fame. They did other stuff too, but... Um, the band sounded nothing like that. It was like it was called Kiss Kiss, and it was a uh, like weird, like avant-garde orchestral influenced rock stuff with some punk too. And it was like a lot of older kids. I was a freshman; they were seniors. They were in the music program, and they were they they were really really knowledgeable people about music. And uh, I just jumped in. I was like, I want to play, and we did a lot of traveling that was when i really first started playing out of town and i was 19 so i was still young and just like the kid that would just jump in and be like yeah let's go and uh eventually left school like we made a rec we, like we did a bunch of touring we did a national tour we we did a lot of stuff i was in that band for three years and uh i eventually quit because I was like, I it wasn't my thing, really, the music at a point. Like, I, I, I liked it, but it wasn't what I was, wasn't what I wanted to do, and it just took up all my time, and it was weird. Um, so I left, and I came back to finish school at Purchase, and at this point, I had met, I had known Christina, I had known Sam Richer, a lot of our old friends um, from Purchase, Lita, I knew since she, I, she was a freshman when I was a sophomore, and that was like my buddies. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of people at school. When I came back, I started hanging out with them exclusively. Sam, Tina, and James, who um, is, he used to live in Philly, and so did Sam, but they both left um, years ago now. Um, 
and we started playing. We started this band, The Shakes, and uh, it was rock and roll influenced, punk rock, soul, super soul influenced, and uh, we played for years until we. That was a band for fucking six years. So we played my lat together. We started like it was actually not till like the end of the end of my what have been my junior year. It was right before we start kind of graduated, and then we all moved to Philly together. But also at the time, there's all these Binghamton, Binghamton people um, that went to purchase a lot of like to, to, to Binghamton. We always knew was a weird place because all the people that we knew from Binghamton were really crazy. Like, <laughs> they were the kids that would party the hardest. They were like the the wildest kids. Like this kid Brian Grant um, was a really good friend of ours early on. Like as soon as we met him, he was like part of the crew. We would always like. When there was when someone showed up that was cool, they were just like immediately part of the crew, and like we partied with them all the time. Like Walker uh, from Crazy Spirit, when he was a freshman, we met him, and he was just like immediately part of the crew. And um, so, also Paul was a year older than Walker, and he was a sophomore. Like they were the young kids out of our crew. Paul's also from Binghamton, and we slowly started to meet their friends and come up to party, come down to party. And, and hang out this guy Mad Dog and these are really good friends of these guys from Binghamton partied with them the whole time on Walnut Street Mad Dog yeah <laughs> yeah love all you you fools and uh eventually like when we moved to Philly they would come down and visit us a lot um Brian Grant Mad Dog they'd always come for Mummer's Day Paul all those kids and just we would just party our balls off the whole time yeah so we would much. be like partying in Binghamton and Mad Dog and Brian like at 16 like getting wasted yeah. and like alright like I'm gonna go we're, gonna, we're gonna go to Philadelphia yeah. and it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> fucking please don't die <laughs> yeah. yeah cause it's not that far it's only like three hours or something right? yeah it is like four. exactly three hours okay yeah. but still it's just like yeah. That is just a crazy thing to just party all day and just be like, all right, I think it's time to, like... Drive down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when these guys got to Philly, they were immediately crew as well because, like, they knew they were really close friends with the people we knew from Binghamton. And when the people are really close friends like that, it's just like you're immediately, like, part of our crew and just start hanging out. Yeah, I went... I met Pat at his old place, Amoda in South Philly. It was like a warehouse space that he had. Yeah. Uh, and I met him because Paul told uh, me and the girl I was dating at the time to go there. So we went and um, then it was like sick. I think the Shakes played that night. Nice. And um, a couple other bands I can't really remember but I met like a shit ton of people and I was like this is the shit. Like this is why I'm in Philly. Like, Hell yeah. Like, you know and then yeah. The old warehouse, man. Yeah, missed that place. Awesome. Did you ever hear about that spot? Right I there? heard of it, but I don't think I ever went there. It was it was like 2011 to 2012, so you might have not really. When did you move to Philly? I grew up here. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, oh, I thought you lived in <laughs> DC. For I, I lived in DC for uh, like nine months. Me and my ex was in a band with me and Matt. Yeah. Um, 
had had to flee Philadelphia because we thought thought the police were after us. Um, okay, they they, were, they weren't. We got robbed for, by the post office, but <laughs> but so we like went to New Orleans and then we didn't have any money and we like were at his parents' house in D.C. for a minute. But mostly, I've lived here my whole life. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing about it. But honestly, 2011 to 2012 was like. First half of the year, I was bedridden, and the second half of the year, I was on lots of drugs. So yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't getting out too much. Yeah, um, and we, I the only time we ever had like punk shows there was when people would pay me because I wasn't gonna do it. Besides, <laughs> you know, like because I knew shit would get fucked up, and it, it it did. I mean, not pay me straight out, but give me a cut and stuff. Yeah, all the stuff I did myself was like. You know, I gave all the money to the bands, but uh, but yeah, it, we didn't have a whole lot of shows, but it was a really cool warehouse in South Philly for for a minute. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess do you guys want to start talk 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 about how you formed the band and sort of what you guys do now? Because I hear things getting hyped downstairs. Yeah. Um. So I started writing uh, songs for Lip Service before anyone was in Lip Service, and before it was called Lip Service or anything. And I basically just wrote, like, four or five songs. Um, and then Alan was in Abandos, the Abandos. He quit the Abandos, and then we decided to start jamming. This is when Alan was still in Sheer Mag. Um, so we started jamming, and we would practice, and um, we put together, like, five or six songs, and then um, talked to Pat, and Pat was in. So it's kind of how it formed i guess yeah, it was like i was just like bored and didn't like it was at the end of fuck teeth yeah so i was like in between <clears throat> and like had to do something so i was just writing songs to see like maybe yeah. something will happen with them and it did i guess yeah i was really busy i didn't have like a ton of time but when we did it was like during the winter and me and matt would just go to um apex, apex that studio yeah. and just kind of do as much as we possibly could in two-hour in two intervals, just whenever both of us had the time, and we and just kind of. You guys were like living together in South Philly, Street. yeah, yep. and yeah, we just kind of did that like under wraps for a little bit until Pat came into the mix, and then started playing. Here we are. Cool. It wasn't that long ago? Yeah, no, no it wasn't. Was, <laughs> that, was like, that was like last year. It was last year. It was yeah. last winter. You whatever. guys have have some some music out though, right now. Do we you? do not. Yeah. We don't have physical things. Yeah, I mean that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, we have we have shit on the internet and stuff. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. There'll be physical things soon. Yeah, I will say it's funny when I hear when these guys, when I they first started talking about the band, I was I was really I was mad that they hadn't already asked me to be in it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, we kind of need a bass player. You know, I was like, what? What the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> come on. I don't know why I didn't ask to begin with. It just, yeah. Because you guys like, figured I was, like, busier. Yeah. With I, but we also did Oh, Ruby Buff. I thought you... Yeah. I thought Ruby Buff was, like, your... Like, I mean, we're like, still... I that was, like, all we still your play, time. but... No, well, yeah. I mean, I exactly. thought that was, like, all your time, you yeah. know? Like, so I, was, I didn't want to, like, interfere with that, you but know? But we also with, like, didn't... This other thing. Yeah, we didn't yeah. even explore other options for talking about yeah, another bass player either. Like yeah, it was just there. have a conversation about it. Really, it just got, we were like drunk at a fuck teeth show. It was yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and house yeah, yeah. And then we were just like 
why? And then we everyone just kind of looked at, we all looked at each other, like, why did this not happen two months ago? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... And I, I should have mentioned it before, too, because I really wanted to play in a heavy band for a while. I hadn't done it since Landlords. I forgot to mention Landlords, which okay. was a, ba- a noise rock band that was with Tony Vogt and Andrew Kuehl, mm-hmm. who I also know from, from Purchase. They're part of our crew. That band started at Purchase, and then we moved to Philly together. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's how, that's how those guys moved to Philly. That's was, cool. They followed me there. They graduated <laughs> the year after, and we were still a band during that time. I'd go back and do stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was great. This guy, Jesse Heffler, too, who lives in New York now, but he lived in Baltimore at the time, so we would go and play Baltimore with that band, and that band was fucking awesome. I miss that band a lot, but um, that was the last time I played, like, really, like, heavy, dissonant music at all and been wanting to do it for a while, and was never really, like, didn't never had the gear to, like, do noise or anything my own, so it was, like, always hard to get it together, but then, like, I would as I got more into like the hardcore scene in Philly, I was like, I, I really want to do like a, like a heavy band. So that's, I was really psyched when we started playing. That's awesome. <laughs> really yeah. psyched. First show was the block party last year. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. May 9th. Talk about, talk about your block party. Are you doing it again this year, even though you're not? Uh, yeah. It's going to go down again. It's going to Something's going to happen. I'm going to, I actually <clears throat> just started thinking about it like last week and we moved now that we're in West Philly, it's a little different because um, I don't yeah. know the block the same way I did the other one. So I, I basically just have to like do the same thing, and I might just try and do it on our street. Um, I'll, I can help you find a block too. Yeah, it's funny. South Philly might be better to do. It might be. I don't It'd know. be good to keep it in South Philly just yeah. because Philly, it's like yeah. that's Tradition. what it's all about in the summer. Is yeah. the block parties really? There. They were they were fun. That's yeah. That's kind of <laughs> like. What you look forward to for so long. It's right. got to stay true. in South Philly. Yeah. And the, the way that happened, actually, was I had just moved to 22nd Street as a major... The first block party, the one before last year, yeah. and I asked these guys, I was like, yo, can I throw a block party on your block because I can't do it on my block? And they're like, yeah, sure. And we did it. And then Matt was, like, so stoked. And just his neighborhood was so year. stoked. <laughs> the next year, like, you started putting it together in fucking January or February. Yeah, <laughs> was that, like, yeah it was booked at, like, the end of March. Yeah. Totally booked. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to go down. Hell yeah. That's really good. Something, it's going to be way better. This year is... Whatever happens is going to be it's totally be <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. It always gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. I took my best best picture of the summer you guys block party last year. Nice. <laughs> just this uh that little kid Kieran, that like baby punk. Oh, that was like just like out asleep like, on the ground. Yeah, yeah it's like... Cuz we were letting him get hammered cuz he's like uh he came up to us and was like kind of like can I like drink it's like you know walking up like I'm obviously a very underage person. I don't need to explain that. Like, it's like yes. You can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had a good time, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, we should wrap, right? I mean... I kind of got it. Yeah, we should get let's started. Do, let's get the gig going. Let's Thank you, Rosie. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you guys. so much, Rosie. This was great. It was, it was really fun. fun. <laughs> Thank
Okay, so that pretty much wraps up the show. To find links and lists, go over to the website, teasmerempirepodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Review it if you feel so inclined. You know I'd be grateful. Um, if you want to be on this show, you can email me at interviewplz at teasmerempirepodcast.com. If you would like your music to be played in an upcoming show where I'm not interviewing musicians, you could email me at music at com. And of course, if you'd like to bitch at me, you can email me at concerns at Um My recommendations for the week. Um, Safagice, self-titled, it's coming out in probably about a month on No Rent Records, but there are ways that you can listen to it parts of it right now on the internet or via calling a hotline which I will post on the site but it's a crushingly beautiful pop music and when it comes out for real in a couple of weeks you should really buy it because it's arguably perfect um secondarily rubbish shitty music for shitty people that's just a reminder that rubbish is still awesome and now they're selling really great t-shirts and you should buy some of them and all of these rock stars are dying and you have to give love to your friends for trying to uphold the rock and roll ideals in a sloppy and inspirational way and finally missy elliott super duper fly which the entire album which i'm not going to rant about because you should already know but if somehow you're too young or too oblivious to know how amazing this record is let me just say that it's been my number one stomping around in the cold selection this winter because it's actually a flawless piece of art if you'd like to listen to a more compelling argument for missy elliott in general i highly recommend you listen to the podcast The Read in their Best of 2015 episode where they play highlights from the year from their show. It includes a rant from Kid Fury about Missy Elliott, which is one of the most inspirational speeches I've heard all year. Um, I'll post a link to that too. Um, and okay, well, until next week, I'm Rosie and this has been another episode of Taste Vampire. Happy New Year, I guess.